Coming up on Studios America, Rob Eno joins us to break down the latest news from Virginia. Terry McAuliffe's campaign makes a gigantic oopsie as they attempt to manipulate their media coverage. And the Democrats are trying to manipulate the media coverage all over the place as, as regards to, uh, in regards to their giant spending bill. So let's do Biden's tax lies. Stu does America. Well, there's a brand new deal on the big spending package. Aren't you excited about that? I feel like we haven't spent a few trillion dollars in like hours. And thankfully, we will be doing that again soon. Except that now the deal is off. That deal that I was just mentioning is now off. It is now, however, back on, which is great. Now it's off. And now it's back on. Just keep track of it. Follow the bouncing ball and everything will be fine. Uh, yesterday, we got the report that new budget deal uh, marks the biggest climate investment in U.S. history. But then we also got Rashida Tlaib holding out for a better deal on social spending and infrastructure bills. Pelosi delaying an infrastructure vote as progressives refuse to budge without a Build Back Better Act. That's better. And hell no, House progressives resist push for quick infrastructure vote. All this goes on, and I think, to give Joe Biden a press conference where he could say that he had come up with a deal before he went on his little airplane trip. His very climate-friendly giant jet trip to Scotland. I'm pretty sure that's why they're rushing like this. To be honest, they keep putting these false sort of timelines on this because they want to avoid election season with a big spending bill. But in reality, they have plenty of time to do this. They can do it really whenever they want and they have control so they can kind of do it whenever they feel like it. And the, the rushing is, is really a fake narrative here. It's like the end of one of those home repair shows where they act like the person went out for the day and they had to fix up the entire house before they got back. And they're always right around the corner. Oh, we're hammering the last nail in and Bobby's, I can see him in the driveway. What do we do? And then, of course, at the last minute, they make it. That is still what I think is going to happen with this bill. Eventually, they pass something. Uh, you could send a heck of a message if you're in Virginia and you want to say to the uh, Democratic Party, we really don't want your trillion, uh, trillions of dollars spent. You will freak out a lot of Democrats if Youngkin wins that race. Uh, over uh, McAuliffe. We'll get into that a little bit later, but let me bring you back to the speech from Joe Biden, where he's talking about his priorities, and he wants to make sure you understand this is not tax and spend crazy liberalism. That's not what this is. This is fiscally responsible. As I said before, these plans are fiscally responsible. They are fully paid for. They don't add a single penny to the deficit. They don't raise taxes on anyone making less than $400,000 a year. In fact, they reduce the deficit. Here's how. I don't want to punish anyone's success. I'm a capitalist. I want everyone to be able to, if they want to be a millionaire or billionaire, to be able to seek their goal. But all I'm asking is, pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. Pay your fair share. All I'm asking is, pay your fair share. Well, how, how does he possibly think that's a, a good tactic? Has anyone ever been complimented? Like, has anyone walked by and be like, you know what? I really like it when you do that really creepy whisper thing that you do. 
That is really, really good. Do it again. Do it more often. Has anyone ever said that to Joe Biden? Is there an aide there being like, you know what? That's really effective when you lean over and you get really creepy old man-ish and you say pay your fair share, but you say it three times in a row really whispery. Does anyone think that's a workable tactic for this guy? Uh, who knows? Uh, what, by the way, what the hell is the fair share? Are we ever going to learn this? You can never, ever get a, uh, an answer out of a liberal uh, on that question. What's, what's your fair share? Is it 40%? Is it 50? Is it 60? Is it 70? Is it 80? Is it 90? They want all of it. They want all of it. It doesn't matter. Um, and so this bill in particular is going to try to pay for this. And it does, it's to be clear. The, people have joked about the idea that, oh, well, uh, this bill costs zero dollars. And it's true. That is completely ridiculous. We all know how spending works. If you put a bunch of you put a trip on a credit card, you don't get to act like you didn't spend the money. Of course, you spent the money. Um, the fact that you can pay for it later on in theory and with your salary and pay off the bill, it, it, you still spent the money. So it doesn't cost zero dollars. But people have been hung up on that point a little bit too much because it hides the fact that they also can't pay the bill. It does add to the deficit. It will add to the deficit. And there's no question about that. There is absolutely no question about it. And anybody who's ever watched one of these debates go down knows that's the case. Um, But they try to say that they're going to pay for this with this new corporate tax. It's basically an alternative minimum tax for corporations. Um, It's an incredibly boring topic. Uh, but he's very specific about it. Right after this clip that we played, he goes into the details about how 55 companies have paid zero taxes and we need to make sure that that stops. And that's how we're going to pay for this bill. And, you know, it's really interesting because he's specific on that number 55. Where does that number 55 come from? Well, it's not just made up. It is a, uh, a uh, study that comes from a left wing think tank. Now, of course, Just off the bat, that's a ridiculous way to explain this to the American people without explaining that, hey, this is coming from an ideologically left wing think tank. uh, You know, people might actually believe it. Right. But of course, no one's going to bother to check into it. Um, Now, some people have gone through this, uh, some media sources to give them some credit. PolitiFact is one of them. And I figured we use them because they're always on the left. I mean, they're never never doing any favors to people on the right when they do these breakdowns. And one of the interesting facts about this particular claim of 55 companies that paid zero income tax is you might think, well, how did this think tank get these tax returns, right? Like they're not necessarily public documents. How did they get the tax returns? Of the 55, how many of their tax returns do they have? Answer to that, of course, is zero. They have zero of their tax returns. None, none of them. It wasn't based off tax returns. It was based off other public documentation. Here's a quote from PolitiFact. While this data comes from federally required disclosures, critics say that what is disclosed on these forms is calculated differently from these companies' actual tax filings, which are private. In other words, the critics say, we don't really know whether these companies paid zero taxes or not. Minor detail. (laughs) (laughs) That the whole thing you're basing this uh, big tax increase on and your justification for it, you don't have any of the information about how many of these uh, companies actually paid zero income taxes. But you'd still say, well, they're probably pretty accurate. Maybe they're reminiscent of what they did. And, And some of these companies probably did pay zero in income tax. Is that a problem? And that's the the issue here. 
They keep trying to frame this as if these evil companies are making a bunch of profit and then, of course, using tax loopholes to get out of paying taxes. But here's the thing. These aren't tax loopholes at all. Again, from PolitiFact, the study cited several tax laws that helped protect these companies' income from taxation, including those governing the tax treatment of executive stock options, research and experimentation, uh, renewable energy, deductions for capital expenses, and the reallocation of losses from different tax years. Some observers told PolitiFact that they took issue with Biden's characteristics of such laws as loopholes. And that's obvious, right? These are laws passed by the government to entice, to give incentive to companies to do specific things that we think are valuable. Now, of course, this doesn't happen under a flat tax, but the left hates flat taxes. What they want here is a way to encourage people to do specific things like, you know, and and, and costs of business, deducting them is a very typical thing that businesses do. Um, You know, paying employees, they mention in here. They mention uh, research and experimentation. Well, you know, When a company is trying to create some new product that's going to create all new jobs and hopefully uh, help some world problem, uh, they have to do research. They have to do experimentation. You're going to tax them on their on the money they're spending on that. It's a business expense and always has been a business expense. Um, Reallocation of losses from different tax years. So if you have one year where you do really well and other years where you do really poorly and lose money, they let you spread that out. So you're not just getting absolutely slaughtered in one year um, and not paying anything in the other years. You, sp- you smooth out those gains. That's a normal thing. And, it's, and I think on its face is obvious, right? It makes plenty of sense that you'd spread that out over years and pay uh, a moderate bill in other years, or you'd pay, you know, you'd, you'd have to go with a situation where you're, you're putting all of your losses or all of your gains in one year and paying really high rates. It doesn't make any sense. The one, though, I really want to focus on, because it's literally in the bill he's arguing for, okay? Renewable energy credits, it's, I, I mean, I kid you not, it's in the report. This is from the uh, from ITEP, Institute of uh, Taxation and Economic Policy, the left-wing tank we were talk- think, think tank we were talking about. They say tax breaks for renewable energy are part of the tax avoidance scheme for several companies, including uh, Curate Retail, XL Energy, DTE, and Duke Energy. Now, this is the, the bill that they're passing right now. The biggest part of the bill is a bunch of climate giveaways. Okay, this is from uh, National Review. Noticeably absent in the current framework is any sort of effort to reduce carbon emissions. Instead, the climate part of the bill is focused on $555 billion in clean energy investments. It mostly blows a lot of money on encouraging uh, clean energy divided into tax credits, spending on resilience, subsidies for manufacturing, such as solar and batteries, and money for the government to repurchase, uh, to purchase greener technologies, such as clean construction materials. Think about what we're talking about here. They are passing a bill to encourage companies to deduct spending on green energy while at the same time citing a study that calls the exact type of credit that they're trying to pass a tax avoidance scheme. Let that melt into your head for a second when you think about how disingenuous this whole process is. So you have kind of this five-step process, right? First, you say that uh, companies, uh, and you complain about it, you say companies aren't investing in green energy. 
Then, step two, you tell the companies that if they just invest in green energy, they can deduct it from their taxes. Okay, that sounds exciting. So companies, step three, invest in green energy, and then they deduct it from their taxes. Then step four, you go out there and complain that these companies aren't paying taxes. And then, of course, step five, you pass another bill with hundreds of billions in tax credits for more green energy write-offs. Do you see the cycle of grift in action here? They're telling you the justification for their policy is that these companies are not paying taxes. And then in their bill, a large chunk of the spending in their bill are targeted tax breaks like the ones they're already criticizing. This is insanity. And by the way, all of this, or no, not all of it, but a good chunk of it is actually in the PolitiFact write-up about this comment. They are fact-checking Biden's statement on whether he, uh, you know, the 55 uh, companies that paid zero income tax. All of these things, they don't have the actual tax uh, receipts. That's in there. Uh, they, uh, they are just deducting business tax uh, expenses. Uh, the fact that the actual types of business expenses we're talking about are in the new bill as well, where they're using this old claim to justify it, that's all in. All in the PolitiFact report. How did they rate Joe Biden's comment? Uh, mostly true. Mostly true. Do you see the circle of grift in action? Well, I hope you're getting ready for just a slice of that $555 billion uh, in green energy spending. Uh, Maybe you can put some solar panels on your house. If you got to buy a new house, hey, why not take advantage of all the new government giveaways? Because they're always coming, aren't they? Look, you know, you, you go to buy a house and the, the whole process can be a disaster. You need to have someone on your side who knows what they're doing, who knows the market, who knows how to make sure you're, you're, you're having a, 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 an interaction and a transaction that, look, it's just reasonable. I mean, I don't think we're, we're sitting, we're not sitting here like thinking, oh, I want to get 50% off a house. We're fine paying you know, market value will take 50% off the house if you're offering it. But we're, we're, we're fine. We just want everyone to get a good deal. We just don't want to get screwed. We don't get ripped off. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find, get someone on your side, fighting for you and the, on your side of this transaction. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find the best screened real estate agents in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Joined once again by Rob Eno, a resident media critic here at Blaze TV. Uh, Rob, how are you? Hey, very good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a weird time, as usual. <laughs> There's never a normal <laughs> week in this world. I want to start off with uh, one of the stranger stories that we've seen in a while, which is this story about Virginia and Loudoun County and this father who is all upset at a meeting and he's seen as a domestic terrorist in, in official reports from the governor uh, government. Um, and we find out that his daughter was assaulted and this is why he was a tad upset. A little bit. A little bit. So the Daily Wire is the one who kind of breaks this story. And now the me- there's a big backlash against them. They're saying, well, this story was not um, not not as, uh, as told initially by the Daily Wire. The, the uh, New York Times has a big column about this today. And I, this is the mo- one of the most interesting phrases I've ever heard in my life. Uh, they say the daughter uh, was assaulted 
uh, in this. In fact, now he's even pled guilty to the assault. So this actually did happen the whole yes. time. Um, however, what we didn't know was that she'd previously had two consensual sexual encounters with her attacker in the school bathroom. On the day of her assault, they had agreed to meet up again. The boy expected sex and refused to accept the girl's refusal. Which I think means that just means rape, right? You, yeah, that, that's rape. <laughs> that, that's rape. There, there's no like way around it. And 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 the title of this piece is mm-hmm. what gets me. They yeah. call it the big lie. I thought there was like only one big lie. There's now a multiple big lies. Yes. There's the big lie about the election. Mm-hmm. Everything is a big <laughs> lie. The way that I look at the words, the big lie, mm-hmm. is if you are using the words, the big lie, it's probably you doing the lying. <laughs> it's a propaganda technique. It really is. And, and, and they also go on to say that, well, the trans bathroom policy had not yet been enacted, even though he decided to wear a skirt to go into the room, which is why the media keeps right. calling it boy in a skirt. But isn't that what we've warned about for the entire time that like we've we've been 14 year old boys. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and if when you were a 14 year old boy in whatever decade that was, for mm-hmm. me, it was the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You could go into the girls' dressing room to see them change as long as you said you were feeling like a woman that day. <laughs> right. Would you have done that? There would have been a lot of people taking advantage of that yes. particular loophole. I mean, that's the whole thing. We're trying to re-engineer society and think that people aren't going to take advantage of it. Yeah. And this boy obviously took advantage of it. They said the policy hadn't gone in yet. Right. Which but I, they were talking about it, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, like, look... Look, an assault, this, keeping bathroom policies the way they've been always, there's still been assaults back in the day. Like, yeah. you're not going to eliminate all assaults by keeping bathroom policies the way they are. But you increase the amount of times that this type of stuff happens where you're going to have a boy and a girl alone in a bathroom uh, on campus. Normally, a boy would be uh, hesitant to go into a bathroom, a girl's bathroom, because he knows even if he's just walking in and doing nothing else wrong, he's going to get in trouble. Now he knows he's got an excuse uh, to walk in and they have to catch him in the actual act of doing something wrong. Now, look, is this the biggest problem in the world? I mean, it's not going to be I don't know that everybody's going to be doing this. I'm sure there's not it's not going to be, you know, uh, it's, yeah. it's not going to be the most widespread problem. But however, when the risks are this high, how can we not take this seriously? Right. And then when a parent gets upset about it, justifiably so, then the National School Board Association uses that event to call him a domestic terrorist so that the the attorney general of the United States can then call parents that are upset with what's going on in their children's schools. Terrorist is just hilarious. Yeah, really, it's just yeah. it's Mer- Merrick Garland in front of of those Republican senators this week was just like, that's not what I said. Well, it's what your letter said. It's not what I said. Well, it's what the memorandum that's on your letterhead <laughs> right. says. I mean, he's like, well, we were very clearly. What about this, you know, U.S. attorney? And I think it's Arizona or wherever it was mm-hmm. that leads out all of these cases and all of the crimes that a parent can be charged with if they go to their school board angry. Did you approve that? But that's what they wanted to do. You and I both know that they had that memo ready. They reached out to the National School Board Association to tell them to write the letter Mm. so that they'd have a reason to do it. I mean, there's been reporting on that, too. It's just it's it's unfathomable to me. I think Bridget Fatese on on the radio show yesterday Mm. said it right. It's not a bunch of right wing cabal. She's like, 
There were parents stuck home watching their children's school lessons. Yeah, all of a sudden it slapped them like, in the face. What? Yeah. Maybe those crazy people that told me this was happening, it really is happening. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this happens with, I have kids in school right now, and they're, and, you know, they're at a, a, a school I really like. But when they come home sometimes, if, I don't, if I'm not there, they don't need my help on homework for a week or two, I don't really know well, what's being taught. I have, when I jump in there, I've been happy with the results, which is great. But you can't monitor that all the time. The, the, the COVID era kind of gave parents uh, an opportunity to do that, and thank God. I yeah. mean, honestly, you know, the COVID thing was, has not been positive, but at least that there's a little bright, uh, little, little sunshine behind those clouds. I want to hit this one more time, though, before we go, because uh, off of this topic, because I mean, this is think of how far we've come from the Me Too era where uh, everybody who did everything needed to be excommunicated from society, some with really terrible, terrible things, some like, you know, Aziz and Zari, and we've, you know, some of these other lesser uh, versions of the Me Too situation, uh, at least punished for years on end from their career. The same publication that was pushing all of that, every microaggression that every time a guy asked a girl out, it was a Me Too violation, is now describing a rape as someone who expected sex and then refused to accept the girl's refusal. I mean, what kind of bizarre 1984 wordplay is that? It's the left. <laughs> I mean, no, no, seriously, it's, it, it, it's the left. Mm. If it if it goes for their agenda, it's right. Yeah. If it doesn't, oh, it's just a boy being a boy. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to that, you know, in fatherhood or whatever it was, that Bill Cosby special when he said that it's the girl's job to play goalie and the boy's job to keep trying to score. <laughs> That's that old type of mindset. And doesn't age very well. Uh, especially with Cosby. Cosby exactly, does not yeah. age all that well. Yeah. Um, let me move on to a related story, a closely related story, which is on Tuesday, we have a big governor, a gubernatorial election between McAuliffe and Yunkin in Virginia. The polls had showed a relatively close race with stuff like this going on in Virginia, it has tightened. We now have one Fox News poll that has McAuliffe down by eight. Another one uh, has about a one point uh, difference. What do you think is going to happen here? Um, I think that if elections were fair, mm -hmm. that Youngkin would win the race. Really? Um, I think with things like ballot harvesting and mm -hmm. all of those things. And, you know, it, it's Loudoun, It's either Loudoun or Fairfax County, one of the northern counties, has said that even though they'll have everything counted, they're going to wait until the next day right. to release their results. Mm. And, you know, there'll be Republicans in the room that looked at it, so there won't be anything fishy going on. <laughs> There's no and, way. Right, exactly. If you have the results, release the results. I mean, say they're preliminary, they may change, mm -hmm. but release them. You have to but be really transparent. But they want to wait. Yeah. That, that's my whole thing. You, you know, in-person voting with an ID, unless you're, there's a real exception for you not being around, hand-counted ballots in front of cameras, then I'll believe elections. Yeah. I, and, and it's like, I, I'm at I think, that point. I think you're where a lot of people are. And, you know, I think if... The, if McAuliffe wins, there's going to be a ton of Republicans, no matter whether it's real or not, who believe that this thing was screwed with. And chief election conspiracy theorist of the past 20 years is the Democratic candidate. I mean, Terry McAuliffe has been right. saying elections have been stolen every time Democrats lose them for 20 plus years. So I, I, if this thing is close, you're going to have a real problem with one side yelling about the, uh, the, 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 the integrity of this election. Yeah, I, I think so. But no matter how close it is, and no matter who wins, if it's really close, yeah. 
it's going to show that there was that there is an erosion of Biden's support. Yeah. The other one to watch, I think, is New Jersey. I don't think Murphy's going to lose, but I think it'll be a heck of a lot closer. What could you do to lose other than what Murphy has done? Like, oh, how yeah. could you possibly try to lose more than, than my mom? My mom lives in New Jersey now, and, mm. and I was talking to her. I'm like, hey, vote for the other guy. And she's like, they both suck. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, she's like, they both suck, Rob. I'm like, well, you know, do me a favor. Do yeah. me a solid. At do least me a solid. the other guy hasn't killed a bunch of people yet. Yeah. So that's good. Um, uh, let me talk to you a little bit about, because I think like there is a, uh, a cause and effect here. And my view has been on this huge spending bill that they're going to get something because they're not going to leave two, three, four trillion dollars on the table, even if it's only two trillion or one point eight five plus the the other uh, infrastructure bill. They're going to get what they can get because they realize they're in big trouble in 2022. Anyway, just grab for what you can and deal with the pain later is kind of the way I've been viewing this. The only the best possible way to stop this bill right now to me is an eight point victory for Youngkin. Right. That would send such a terrifying signal to the Democrats uh, and I don't think we're going to see that sort of margin, even if Youngkin does win. But that even if he wins at all, I mean, that is a that's a huge signal to the Democratic Party. We don't like what you're doing. Yeah. And, and, and I think the media is going to try and stop that as much as they can. But you're, you're absolutely right. It's the only thing that will stop this is if Democrats fear for their reelection. Yeah, it's the only thing. And, and this is just. It amazes me. Right, Stu, mm-hmm. we. Back when I was on the Conservative Review team, we had the Liberty Score. We still have it at Conservative yeah. Review. You can see the That's Liberty great. Score. You can see how people vote. And one of the things that we were always told is, well, well how come you, you guys like choose the, the most divisive votes to score these people on? I'm like, why are we going to give them a, a, a lap, <laughs> a, like a, a head start and grade on a curve for all of the stuff that they agree on that like any conservative should vote on, right? Right, right, right. It's you've got to get the stuff that that, that cleaves hard. a caucus, yeah. what's hard for them to do, and that's who you show who really say what they mean during a campaign trail and go and do it. When we had the House of Representatives and the Senate and the presidency in 2017, we did nothing. We didn't get rid of Obamacare root and branch, which we said we were going to do. Which is incredible. There were all kinds of things that we said that if you give us the House and the Senate, we're going to do. We didn't do it. Nancy Pelosi has a six seat majority, one of the slimmest majorities in the history of the Republic. Yeah. Since we've had partisan elections, Mm -hmm. even though George Washington didn't want us to have them. But we do now. So since we've had partisan elections, it's one of the narrowest victories. The Senate is tied 50 50. There is like there is one aged Democratic senator (laughs) away Mm. from croaking. Mm that may turn the Senate, if it's in a state that a Republican appoints the governor, back to the Republican Party, right? Mm -hmm. There's a a handful of aged Democratic people dying in the House for Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker. I mean, that's how close this is. But when they have power, they apply it, they use it, they try to get everything they possibly can get done on the left because they understand that when you have power, power, you have to use it. The Republican Party doesn't. And I, I think that's that's certainly true. Uh, I mean, all basically all the Republicans got out of that whole situation was the 2017 tax cuts, which, you know, I, I better than nothing, but like nothing spectacular. I think, though, when you look, I've noticed a shift. You go back to Barack Obama, right? Barack Obama comes into office 
He's got 60, not 50, but 60 senators. He can survive the filibuster with no help from the Democrats. And what they get through in that era, I know eventually they lose that seat in, in Massachusetts, but what they get through in that era is basically Obamacare. And, you know, also one other um, uh, stimulus type package. This Now they have 50 senators. They have a much smaller uh, margin in the House, as you point out. And they're going for so much more. They, it's, it almost seems that like the, they realize they're toast after 2022 anyway. We're going to lose in 2022, where maybe the Obama-era uh, Democratic Party said, well, maybe we can hold power throughout this thing. They've, I think they've mentally checked out as to whether they're going to win in 2022 or not. They're going to lose power. So why not just go for everything right now? I think there's some of that, but I also think that they they apply power. They they know but they have. Why power. didn't they, they go for power. more in 2008? Maybe nine. they lost. Maybe they maybe they figured that out. Maybe in 2009 they're like, when we get it, we have to use it. Yeah. But they I think they, that's a big argument. Yeah, I think that's they true. use power. They apply power, and the media backs them up and makes it seem like this is the biggest. That Joe Biden's election was the biggest mandate in the history of mandates. Yeah. <laughs> because like you know, a couple of suburban women didn't want mean tweets <laughs> right it's, you it's know. true and, and they're at the point now where they don't even count the republicans they're just like well i can't believe one senator is stopping this and it's like well no 51 senators are stopping this it's not just one all of the republicans actually exist yeah. uh but this is where we are right now uh robino media critic extraordinary here at blaze tv where can people find you on social uh at robino on twitter on twitter check it out thanks rob thanks Some new polling out of Virginia today, and it's pretty positive for Youngkin and his battle to try to take down Terry McAuliffe. Um, it's such a weird race, but uh, it's pretty impressive, actually, um, for uh, Youngkin. One, one race, in, I think it's Fox News poll, he is up uh, by eight points. Another poll, he is down by one. Uh, so this is a... It's one of these races, if you kind of follow the arc of it, it was kind of always assumed in a blue state like Virginia, where Donald Trump loses by 10 points, that Terry McAuliffe would easily win. He's a former governor. He'd come back. The race got tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter, honestly, as people saw Democrats in action. I mean, that's really, uh, you know, Youngkin seems like a pretty good candidate. But on the other hand, you know, this is a part of the whole atmosphere right now. Joe Biden, obviously very unpopular. And so now we've tightened to a point where we're starting to see polls where Youngkin is leading. Now, there's been a lot of polls cast already, or excuse me, a lot of votes already cast. So the early voting may wind up keeping uh, McAuliffe in the lead. We'll have to watch this as it kind of comes down tomorrow. I, I think I'm going to be doing some election coverage with CBN uh, next Tuesday. If you want to check that out, uh, it should be uh, an interesting time. There's a lot going on, though. Uh, McAuliffe also, by the way, had a story in Fox News. They tried to get a comment on this story. Uh, and the story was about Mark Elias, uh, a Democratic attorney, um, experienced on ex uh, election law. Uh, he, he had reached out to ask uh, if Elias was hired for a potential court challenge in the election, basically saying, hey, are you guys going to try to do the thing you say you said that Donald Trump was doing? And afterward, if you lose, try to get the election results overturned. It certainly seems that way. And as we've covered on this program a few times, McAuliffe is famous for this crap. Like that's what he he's he's he wrote the playbook on how to do this stuff. Uh, of course, then the uh, campaign uh, aide responded by mistake to the Fox News person and said, can we kill this? <laughs> Which, again, you don't want to do that. You don't want to respond to the reporter asking you the question to try to kill it. You're supposed to say that to your 
co-workers who then do their little tricks of the trade to try to get the story killed. Uh, unfortunately, went to the reporters, so it got reported everywhere. There's also another bizarre incident uh, with the uh, McAuliffe campaign. There's a, a clip that went around the Internet and people were acting as if it was real. Do we have that picture by any chance? Here it is. This is uh, in front of a Youngkin bus. Five uh, men with uh, white shirts on and tiki torches and standing in front and they were chanting something like, we're all in for Glenn. We're all in for Youngkin. And it's like, does anybody believe that that's a real? <laughs> those are real white supremacists from, from Charlottesville. It's like, yeah. This is what we're doing right now in front of all the cameras. We are cheering on our guy. Uh, people have pointed out a, a suspicious resemblance between some of these people and known Democratic operatives in the area. So we'll, we'll see if that one checks out uh, long term. We also have a photo from, of Gretchen Whitmer. Now, before you turn the TV, which would be your normal response to something like that, uh, this is her without a mask. Uh, again, once... And this just happens over and over and over again. She was spotted late Friday night without a mask in a standing room only area of a popular Washington, D.C. cocktail bar hours before she wound up pulling out of an early morning canvas for uh, Terry McAuliffe. Uh, so there she is. Look, the rules are not for you. Uh, the rules are not for you if you happen to be an elite. There are rules for the elites and there's rules for everybody else. If you happen to be one of the peasants, these rules apply to you. Put your mask on. You know, I don't even think it's about COVID. I think they just don't want to see your face. They don't want to see your face. They probably think you're a mouth breather. They don't want you to be in their presence without some sort of fabric uh, barrier between themselves and your gross, uh, hick, uh, lower class mouth. That's how they look at you. And so that's why these things don't seem to apply to them, but they always apply to you. If you want to have a delicious snack throughout the day, maybe or even replace a meal if you're uh, trying to lose a few, Built Bar is here for you. Built Bar is delicious. It's a protein bar. It fills you up. Uh, it has 18 grams of protein. It has 180 calories or less. They have great flavors. They even have some new, um, some new pumpkin puff thing. I th the puffs, if I'm remembering this right, the puffs are like the Charleston Chew type of vibe. They kind of have a marshmallow sort of vibe to them, uh, which is a, it's kind of a cool, kind of a cool thing. And uh, they have a pumpkin one that is out for Halloween and the holidays. There's only four to five grams of sugar in these things, four to five net carbs. And you can get the mixed box, which will give you two of every flavor they've got. You got to check this out. Built.com is the promo code, uh, is the website to go to. The promo code is Stu15. You'll save 15% off your first order. Use promo code Stu15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's Built.com. So how do you defeat those evil big tech algorithm robots? I mean, really, the only way to do it is to head over to my Facebook page. And when you go there, you can follow the show. And uh, if you kind of hold the little button down there, you get a pop-up that says you can mark us as a favorite. If you do that, you're going to see a lot more of our content, and we'd really appreciate it if you did that. And, of course, sharing the show as well. You can watch the shows on YouTube, too, uh, and comment during the show on what we're talking about. Uh, this one comes and says, Joe loves Amtrak. Hunter loves Amcrack. And I guess that Amcrack would be short for American crack. I mean, you know, keep it at home, guys. Made in America, you know. Lots of patriotism there. Actually, he'll take crack from almost anywhere. 
as we've seen on all too many videos. Uh, also, you can rate and review the podcast. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars. And remember, when you give us a good review, you not only help this show, you also hurt other shows. And that's the most important thing. This one comes in and says, free breakfast burritos and harming other podcasts. I say we have a lot in common. Five freaking stars. Thank you so much. We do appreciate when you take the time to do that stuff. I know it's kind of annoying. And every podcast I listen to, they always bug you to go do it. And you think to yourself, why am I bothering doing this stuff? But it does, at least they tell us it helps. It does help. I think it helps. I don't know if it helps, but I do appreciate you taking the time to actually go do it uh, and uh, make sure to give those reviews and such because that helps uh, other people uh, check out the show as well. And all this stuff now is algorithms, so it doesn't really matter if you, you follow a show. It seems sometimes you have to send those signals to the evil Borg that is there inside of you know Mark Zuckerberg's meta head. And then he decides whether people get to actually listen to podcasts or something like that. Not entirely sure. Elon Musk is thinking of starting a new university in Texas. The world's richest man announced he was thinking of starting a new university in Texas. I need to get rich enough that people call it announcements when I say I'm thinking about doing something. Like if I say, like, hey, I'm thinking about going to Taco Bell. Stubergear announces he's thinking about going to Taco Bell. That's awesome. He might want to do it, though. He's saying, uh, I mean, he's done a bunch of other stuff, obviously. Uh, every crazy idea he has, he gets to do because he's like the richest guy in the world. And uh, so he's in the middle of trying to do that. He has moved to Texas. He's moved the company to Texas. And there's more of that kind of cool stuff maybe to come when it comes to Elon Musk. I mean, look, Musk is a complicated guy, I think, if you're a conservative. You love his entrepreneurial stuff. You, you kind of like the idea that he's taking new technologies and at least in theory, trying to do the types of things that uh, you know, the left always says they want to do with global warming, except they want to do it through the government. He wants to do it by creating a car that, and I've driven them, they're fantastic cars. I mean, they really are great and a lot of fun to drive and really fast. And, and it's great new technology. I will say, the 48-inch screen TV they've got sat, sitting in between the two seats is bizarre to me. I don't get it. I mean, the Tesla from the outside looks okay to me. You look inside of it, and they just put like a giant flat screen in between the two seats. It looks so, I understand you want a big screen. It looks so weird to me. Like, you can't even fit your legs in the car. There's just a giant screen, like, bumping into you all the time. Uh, but the Tesla, generally speaking, is a good car. Is it really a trillion-dollar company? I, I don't necessarily know about that. Uh, but it continues to rise and rise and rise in value. And it is really interesting. On the other side, he's a climate nutcase. He's got a, he, is a, he is like the craziest climate person in the world uh, who thinks we're going to go extinct because of all of the, uh, you know, the, the degree of temperature rise that has come down the pike uh, to the fact that he's you know, building spaceships to have people escape the planet for not only AI, but also the climate. Uh, in, in addition, he's taken, and his company has taken, a lot of your tax dollars. I mean, you know, this is a, an issue that you have to have with an electric car company. The, they just subsidize these things like crazy. I, I can't remember, it was the Prius back in the day, but the Prius was owned by, the average person who owned it had over $100,000 in revenue, and we were giving six and $7,000 checks to everyone who bought one. Why, if these cars are so good, why are we paying people to take them? But the Tesla is a very nice car. You kind of admire Elon Musk and all the stuff that he does. On the other hand, uh, he's, you know, a, a tad off, I think, uh, when it comes to the climate stuff, at least. But, hey, a new university could be pretty interesting. Uh, we'll see what comes of that. And I have to tell you, before we go here to break, about the single greatest financial trade 
in history. Quite a stance. I think it holds up here. What if I were to tell you that a guy bought $8,000 in crypto about 400 days ago? He bought uh, Shiba Inu coins. Now, if you don't know the story, you have like Bitcoin and Ethereum kind of up here. And you have a bunch of other stuff like Litecoin and some other stuff that kind of bounces around in that second tier. There's a bunch of like serious cryptocurrencies, but maybe you haven't caught on as much as those top tier ones. And then sort of maybe below that you have stuff like, you know, maybe the Dogecoin. And Dogecoin is like a, you know, people call it a meme coin. It was created as a joke back in the day. And it was, has the little dog meme on it and it's cute. And it's, and it's had some real interest and it's, you know, it's, it's a functioning cryptocurrency, but never really uh, as serious as some of the, uh, the projects that are higher on the scale than that. Below that, you have Shiba Inu, which basically came in and was like, hey, people seem to like that Dogecoin thing. What if we put the same dog on our cryptocurrency and name it something similar? And what they did is they're, they're putting one quadrillion coins into circulation. One of the things people like about cryptocurrencies is you can buy one for like one tenth of a cent and maybe it goes up to a dollar and you make a fortune. That was what was going on with Dogecoin over the past year or so. So Shiba Inu was like 0.00000005 cents. It's like, you know, you could buy, you know, a million of them for, you know, for nothing. Well, this guy went in there and bought several trillion of these when it debuted for $8,000. Current value of his stash of Shiba Inu coins, $5.7 billion. He went from $8,000 to $5.7 billion. Now, it's funny because you can see, it's, it's you know, crypto, you can see the public ledger, you can see the wallet, you can see when they bought the 8,000, and you can see that it's worth $5.7 billion now. However, it doesn't seem like any of it's been sold. Now, you should start sell. If you've gone from 8,000 to 5.7 billion, you take out a billion. You just take out a billion. You need to at least be a billionaire out of a luck streak like that. So far, it doesn't seem like it's happened. We will, we will monitor this person's wallet to make sure you know how much money he has going forward. Okay, so here's what happened. Everybody on Earth has talked to you about climate change. Everybody's running their mouth all the time. All these politicians, they're always telling you, I got to stop uh, with all the climate change stuff. So the UN, uh, this big, well, it's cop, called COP26. This is going on in Scotland right now. And they figured you've heard from every politician in the world. So obviously the next step is to have a giant CGI dinosaur tell you about it. Listen up, people. I know a thing or two about extinction. Uh, and let me tell you, and you'd kind of think this would be obvious, going extinct is a bad thing. And driving yourselves extinct? In 70 million years, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. At least we had an asteroid. What's your excuse? Good heavens. <laughs> I mean, they will just go to any lengths. I will say, I would much rather hear from a giant CGI dinosaur voiced by Jack Black than one more word from Greta Thunberg. 
that. I will say that. Uh, make sure to subscribe. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go. Uh, get your subscription. You save 10 bucks off of that. And you can go to Stu Does Merch as well. Get your Christmas stuff. Get it now. We have the Christmas stuff up there still. I mean, Santifa Claus is up there. You can grab that. Check it out now. StuDoesMerch.com. We'll see you Monday.